You're listening to The Kerry Harling Show with me, Aidan Leahy. On this week's show, we reflect on Kerry's start to Division 2A of the National Hurling League. We'll hear from Stephen Malumphy after Kerry's win over Carlo in Austin Stack Park. Former Offaly hurler and RT analyst Brian Carroll joins to look ahead to the big game between Kerry and Offaly in Killarney on Saturday the 25th of February. And Kerry Camogie coach Pat Ryan talks to us ahead of their campaign opener against Westmeath. This is episode 4 of the Kerry Hurling Show. You're very welcome along to the Kerry Hurling Show with me, Aidan Leahy. Um, thanks again for tuning in to this month's episode. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on social media and uh, all that good stuff. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts. It's the easiest way to get the podcast. We're also on SoundCloud, but sub- subscribing on Apple and Spotify is by far the easiest way to do it. Um, right, quite a bit to get through, I suppose, Kerry. Two games into the league campaign for 2023 Division 2A. Two wins from two. Um, it's been effective, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Um, very good results in Derry, to be fair. 222 to 13 points away to Derry. Derry, obviously, the newly promoted side in the National Hurling League. Uh, it's good shooting to put up, um, you know, better than than it was in, in, in Sidentrally last weekend, just gone. Against, admittedly, a, a much stronger Carlo outfit. Uh, Kerry losing Colin Walsh to a red card early in the game, I think after only about three or four minutes. And we'll get into how that affected their, their game in Carlo uh, in just a second. But... Uh, a couple of goals which was uh, quite encouraging you know Paddy O'Connor getting a goal in the week after he was pulling in a tackle to save a goal to save the game essentially uh, Podge Boyle with 11 points he got 10 against Carlo uh, Daniel Collins pitching in with 3 points um, so it was uh, quite a positive uh, performance up in Derry for the Kingdom um, and of course then coming to Stack Park and a nice big crowd in there uh, it must be said fantastic to see such a big Kerry crowd and uh, you know a way bigger crowd than, than what Carlo bring which is uh, which is positive because oftentimes in Tralee it's it's not the case uh, we can get outnumbered sometimes in our own home ground but an excellent crowd there unfortunately there was no opportunity for the crowd to get into the game because it was so Stop start. There was like a, a Kerry hit sixteen wides, nine in the first half, and the the game never really got going. You know the crowd were waiting and waiting and waiting for you know that sort of explosion. You know a goal from Kerry in the first or second half, early in the second half maybe particularly. You know that would really got things going, and just for Kerry, they kind of fell over the line in the end. It was poor enough. The shooting was pretty poor. There was no presence in front of goal, as we'll discuss later on, and we'll hear from Stephen Malumphy on that as well. Uh, Fnall Mackesy went off with a bit of a knock, so hopefully nothing too serious there. Uh, of course, a weekend's break now before that big game against Offaly, which is on in Killarney. Um, but yeah, Podge Boyle again, 10 points, uh, one from play. A lot of whites as well. Uh, actually, heard his brother Mikey uh, 
maybe uh, taking taking the mick a small bit after the game. Uh, you know, nothing about the nothing about the ten points he put over the bar, but joking about how many wides he had, uh, which is quite funny, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it came down to then, you know, two two Carlo men sent off. Carlo down to thirteen. Uh, Martin Kavanagh, who was their well scorer in chief, um, he was their main free taker anyway in the first half got sent off right at the start of the second half. So 14 men for essentially the whole second half and then 13 men for the final six minutes, including at a time at the end when Kevin McDonald, the man who replaced Kavanaugh taking the freeze, also picked up a red card for a high tackle on uh, Paddy O'Connor. Kerry then conceding a goal from a free right towards the end and a tense, tense finish then, you know, because Kerry could just never get in front by enough to kill off the game uh, and essentially then last attack of the game Paddy O'Connor makes a flick to knock the ball away as as Carlo were coming and looking for a goal and he was just about to shoot was the Carlo forward and Paddy got the hurley in and uh, that essentially saved the game Carlo could have won it and stolen the two points and would have put Kerry in a very you know difficult position for the rest of the league campaign like you know you're, you could be looking at your league campaign over with with a with a one strike of a ball like that, you know, in a game that you should be winning quite comfortably. Um Mikey Boyle, I believe, got man of the match off the papers, which was fair enough, yeah, because I mean only for Mikey and Podge really Kerry wouldn't have won the game, you know. Mikey was really, really good and that role has been questioned and it's funny, you know, even questioning it during the match should Mikey actually be insightful forward uh, you know that presence that man in front of the goal uh, to catch ball in full forward but then he puts in the man of the match performance uh, from full back or at least uh, you know in in around the full back line uh, it just proves that that's why he is playing in the backs at the moment um, just for that experience he has and uh, he's well able to deliver ball as well when he needs to yeah so you know moving on to the Offaly game then what can Kerry take from it not a whole pile to be quite honest with you um, you know there's a lack in the forward line that needs to be sorted out look Brandon Barr came off the bench which is a positive another forward obviously the the loss of Gavin Dooley and Jordan Conway is really being felt now you know two big score getters uh, don't have any news on Gavin Dooley and whether he's going to be fit to play against Offaly uh, it'll be a massive boost when he does come back though because there is just nobody there to to grab a goal at the moment you know I think we had a lot of a lot of a similar type player on the pitch the last day you know um, and starting in four positions when maybe they aren't forwards as well look there's a long way to go for Kerry a uh, long way in the season um, and as we'll discuss you know is is getting out of Division 2A the, the be all and end all anyway when you go up into 1A, 1B and you're on a hiding to nothing anyway because the, the competition is stacked against you slightly. Um, but look, we'll keep it on as positive a note as we can. Let's hear now from the Kerry manager, Stephen Malumphy, after the Carlo game in Austin Stack Park. Oh, <laughs> is that the best thing we said about it? Yeah, I think that's fairly accurate. Um, no, like, it feels like we got out of jail, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We, um, the first 10 15 minutes weren't too bad as in. Just scooting, the sh- shooting was just way off. But uh, just after that, we, we just dipped. And I suppose, you know, Tinsley wasn't hiding. And then when they had a player sent off in the second half, we just took our foot off the pedal altogether. And you just can't do that. But uh, a lot of work, a lot of work to do, to be honest. We had a um, challenge match this morning with our extended panel against the carry under 20s. I think there was more intensity in that than there was today. So we have a lot of work to do. 
Um, and now we're two weeks supposed to put away the game before Offaly uh, and come to town. I mean, you, you were relying on, on a very good piece of defending there by Paddy O'Connor at the end. Your heart must have been in your mouth at that stage. It was an excellent battle. And like if he had hit the hurley instead of the stiller, that was a penalty. I mean, they would have won that by a point. So, yeah. and Morton, remember I saw your article in the thing. Didn't do any, your article in the thing didn't do any favour about Kerry's should win. But every team will take every, uh, points off everyone. And like they, they, you could say they should have taken points off us there today. And I think they still will. They're that kind of team. That, like there's very little between them. And if you're not on your day, like, you're going to suffer. Uh, was there a lack of urgency, or was there something? Did you? Did some of the lads think maybe it's going to be a walkover given all the talk that's about Carl over the, over the last couple of weeks? You know our, our leadership uh, this morning, even the captain Gam Dooley mentioned complacency, and that was the biggest thing we targeted. At, at Carlo coming in last year, we, they had a player sent off, that's what we drew on at the end. But that was the biggest thing we targeted today, but no, and again, we, it just crept in. Um, you know, we, we got a lot of things wrong as well, even shooting, even small, basic things that normally, and we might do six, seven good things a year, but the finish wasn't on, and, and that really punished us. Um, but no, look, we, we need to work on it, I suppose. But, Lucky to have two points at the end of the day, but a lot to work on. And you have two two good solid weeks now to, to, for the big challenge of Offaly. Exactly, yeah, yeah, which is which is great. You know what? You couldn't. We have an AVB game next week now on Sunday, and you can see from there there's a lot of places up for grabs. Um, and that, and those games are extremely competitive. So, what better way to go into that than all the, the I suppose the mistakes we need to get right? In my defence, uh, they had <laughs> some extra players in today. Matty Cavan didn't play. Dimit Bourne didn't play last weekend, etc. But he was down the 840 men to play for we say 35 minutes second half when you had injury time a little bit more and he still just scrubbed over the line fell over the line like that just shows that either the intensity the attitude whatever the performance it just wasn't there today no not for the second half it was like when the pace dropped we dropped also um, I suppose that's time like you know we should have driven on and for, you know credit to Carlo they were man down there as you said for 32-33 yeah. minutes and they kept going and they kept just tipping away the points yeah. I think it I think all the scores from the second half came from, from Freeze, which was already discipline, just, just following him coming through and making it easier. But credit to him, they hung in there with a man with a man less. What about having Brandon Barrett and a few more back into the panel? No, it's good. And the guys came in, like even I suppose like uh, Keith got a point. Um Philip Brandon made two frees, Philip got a point. Um these guys coming in as we call them the finishers, like uh, Sean, we were coming in again at the end just to be being safe, but we have we have five we have more, I suppose, and guys come back from injury. The panel's gonna be extremely hard to pick. But uh, as you said after today, like there's a lot of places up for grabs. Is it kick up the backside they wanted? Yeah, it is. You know what? Yeah, that's certainly always the. I think one of the best things to manage for any team, uh, especially going into Offaly. Like yeah. Offaly, you see in a the moment they are very impressive. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's a it's no harm for us to have something like that leading into that game. What do you think of? I mean, this is the home of Kerry Hurling, and you're having to go down. And I presume it's because there's football on here on, on for television. How does that sit with you and the lads? Do you know what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I love this home. She like, is in, as I said, he was named after a, a military uh, soldier, which, which is what I like this place. But uh, Killarney, you know what? There's loads of space for Fitzgerald Park. And we're a mobile athletic team. So lots of space, you know. I don't mind. We, we played a couple of um, AVB games down there okay. a few times. So you know what? You don't mind. I think it's, it suits our game as well. So. Would it be fair, final question for me? Would it be fair to say that you wouldn't have won today without the Boyle brothers? Oh, one true. The back and the one up front. I know he'd a lot of wides, but yeah, no, true. But again, you said like even Paddy Connor there. That small little thing, as you mentioned at yeah, the end. Yeah. Um, like we won by two points. Even you know what? It was so small today. We needed everyone. Actually, yeah. Brandon coming on, getting the two frees. At that yes. got two points. And I think Kyle had one off. Uh, he conceded sixty-five in the first half. Yeah. Like a goal. Didn't yes. Yes. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. small things. So, no, I wouldn't say too damn to be honest. It was, yeah. actually, when you go back to the video, very much a team effort to, to scrape over the line. 
<laughs> you know, physically the lads looked a bit sluggish. Was there a particular reason for that? I think one that we were looking at it maybe for now because Fernand's usually hopping off the ground, you know, and he just looked maybe today like he was always stuck to the ground at times, you know. Is there a reason maybe due to heavy training or something that is? Or no, no, no. I suppose we've done we've done a bit of working with earlier on the week, but no, there isn't like it's any attitude. You know what? Maybe second half when they took a player off, we thought it might be a small bit easier. Uh, so we took down the pace and instead of pushing on which you thought and again credit to Carlo like, they're an excellent team they were Lee McCarthy a few years ago when we weren't yeah. so then the calibre you mentioned it's six guys back today we were looking yeah. out, out of the seven they're normally missing yeah. so um, again like, John Nolan missing that's it yeah John Michael Nolan yeah exactly and actually Chris Nolan is another guy so yes. yeah yeah so they, like they'll be coming and they'll you know they'll look forward to coming back here for McDonough and how about uh, Finon? Was it, was, what, what was it? Was it an ankle or a knee? No, I think, or? I think it's an ankle. Because I said to many and it's not, it's a good ankle. I just sound going in. It's not a bad ankle. No, I didn't know. I didn't know he had a different one. Yeah, but I'm a doctor. <laughs> I mean, know. We'll assess it now and see what he's like. But you know what, even if he's not there for the, the next few games, like there's plenty of guys in the panel fighting how for How far is Jason Diggins away, would you say? Roughly. Well, uh, you know what? Next AVB game, that'll tell. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Just I suppose before going into you know a big test against the likes of Kildare, etc., like the lack of goal threat is that particularly worrying? Because today it, today it was. Yeah, we didn't have any. Like we threatened a lot more. As in, even in Derry, we threatened more with four team in for eighty minutes. But today, and you know what? It was no, it was a strange. Game. No, to be honest, we no excuse today. We should have been like we should have been especially with superior numbers in the second half. We should have been threatened a lot more, and we didn't. Yeah. So then, awfully in Fitzgerald Stadium. Uh, Saturday the 25th and look I voiced my displeasure before at, at that fixture and the location and the stadium and it's the wrong fixture it is like on a Saturday afternoon in Killarney it makes it really difficult for the Kerry Hurling fan from North Kerry to get over there and yes you're trying to grow the game in other parts of the county but are they going they're not going to show up they're going to be going to Tralee for the football on Saturday evening so that argument doesn't wash with me at all Overall, though, if you can get there, I can't myself. I'm working on that Saturday, you know, and that's the issue I have with all the Joe McDonough games as well. They're on pretty much the same time, 2 o'clock on a Saturday. It's brutal, like absolutely shocking and abysmal fixture-making by the GA. It's never going to grow these games, ever. Like, nobody can make 2 o'clock on a Saturday. You know, it's people work on Saturdays now. It's not like when people have 9 to 5 jobs Monday to Friday. Like, people are working Saturdays and can't make these games. And uh, the guys need all the support they can get. And um, look, if you can make it over, fantastic. Hopefully, we get as many Kerry people to Clarny for that big game. And hopefully, you're going to be bring a big crowd, you know. And like, it, it, there will be no shock at all if Offaly outnumber Kerry, you know, in the stands. Because, like, I think I even say to Brian here now in a minute, like, if you had this game on Sunday in Tullamore, you'd probably get more of a Kerry crowd then Saturday in Clarny and you know and obviously Sunday in Tralee would have been the ideal fixture um, as we saw with, with the Carlo game you know like this Offaly game would have been a bigger game again so imagine the crowd you could have got for that game in Tralee in the home hurling so look it's just one of many frustrations um, but look at like that we'll just have to turn that into a positive and hopefully we can get a nice crowd over there uh, to support the lads uh, I'll be listening in to, to the guys on Radio Kerry for that one um, great stuff in Derry the last day and uh, obviously was at the game myself the last day so I didn't hear the commentary but uh, yeah I'll be tuning in uh, for that one on Radio Kerry uh, for Kerry forces awfully alright let's hear now from 
Brian Carroll. All right, delighted to say I'm joined now on the line by former Offaly hurler Brian Carroll, host of the uh, Hurlers Life podcast and RT analyst also. Brian, thanks a million for joining us on the Kerry Hurling Show. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Before we get into it, uh, will we be seeing uh, a bit more of you on our TV screens uh, as well later on this year? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, I look at uh, RT, keep their cards close to their chest, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're certainly in, in the mix anyway from what I've been reading, so uh, it'd be great to see you on the big screen. Um, a new year of hurling, I suppose, uh, has brought a lot of talking points in terms of uh, Davy Fitz's men behind the wire. Uh, there's a lot of discussions about refing as well, the tackling, the hand passing. Um, are there any areas like that which you've seen big developments in terms of like needing to assess changes in rules or do you think it's just that it's the league and we're kind of stuck for storylines a lot of the times and uh, come championship we won't care about all the stuff in the media at the moment? No, I suppose there's kind of it's in between really. You know, the, the hand passing or throwing the ball is certainly an issue. Um uh, you know, obviously in big championship games, as the games kind of get into the latter stages, it doesn't get blown as much. But you know, it, it's it it is a blight on the game. It's 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 a stain. It's it's horrible to look at. We all clearly can see when people are throwing the ball, um, or not releasing the ball properly. Um, I I understand the, why they do it. Um, obviously they're trying to get the ball away as quickly as possible, and it comes from obviously the way that players are being coached and. Um, moving the ball as quickly as possible but I really do feel there's an onus on, on coaches and managers and players themselves to try and hand pass the ball properly um, I know they'll always try and um, maybe get away with it uh, as much as possible but uh, I, I, I'd like to see referees clamp down on that a little bit more I think when refs is kind of set to the scene early in games um, players and then managers obviously know that they're not going to get away with it and we tend to see um, much better execution of hand passes from you know as the game progresses there. So yeah, I certainly think that's uh, that's one that it, it, it kind of needs to be sorted sooner rather than later. I, I, it's just kind of pushing on and pushing on. I know Connor Donovan has um you know a, a you know an, a proposal in there, but I think that's almost too extreme. Um, these sort of things. If we just actually um, it, adhere to the law and get referees to enforce it properly we wouldn't have to go to such extremes to try and ban hand passing altogether um, in relation to the man behind the wire uh, look uh, I, I know David's come out strongly in trying to say that he's circumventing the Muir Ferna and, and he, he has a point in, in that the Muir Ferna I know is coming yeah. back in some shape or form but it, it's an absolute disaster for inter-county management to try and get messages across to their players um, it, it really is, um, you know, and now that I'm involved in coaching myself, I see how, how difficult it is. Um, you know, obviously we can't have a situation where we had of Gregory Kennedy interfering with play um, in Nolan Park a couple of years ago for Dublin against Kenny. That was the extreme, obviously. Um, Davy himself ran onto the field as the manager, obviously, and got involved with the players. So, you know, I, I understand we don't want situations like that, but at the same time, you know, we shouldn't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, we have to find some sort of happy medium that messages can be got across to got across um, onto the f- playing field. It, it's just not good enough. In terms of, you know, there is that thing of, you know, what with Wexford was the, was that person behind the wire actually um, giving instructions to the goalkeeper and where to poke the ball and everything. If that's what Davy's into, I don't think it worked for Wexford. I, you know, you'd be surprised if that's why he's continued to do Warford. It certainly looks that way, but. Uh, yeah, it seems to be an overkill from his perspective. But again, again, it's his right if that's what he wants to do as manager. 
I wonder did the did the stewards of Dunmore Park if have any uh, right to go uh, escorting him away either from the wire, which was a, a bizarre enough uh, picture on the screens over the weekend. Yeah, I'd I'd say they had no um, <laughs> right whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> now maybe maybe both terraces were closed and, and he was the only one that was in the terrace. Maybe maybe uh, yeah. that was one reason behind it. I don't I don't really know. But uh, I'd say they were just trying to interfere and, <laughs> and deny him as much as anything else. Um, yeah, so it, it was certainly funny to see. Uh, things I suppose uh, not as uh, not as uh, not as many topics arising from Division Two A so far anyway in terms of uh, management teams uh, tactics or anything like that or men behind the wire I didn't see any in Chile anyway last Sunday but uh, Johnny Kelly has taken over from Michael Fenley this year. Um, what was your lasting impression from Fenley's tenure and were you disappointed to see it come to an end? Um, well, Michael had three years there, to be fair. Um, and Johnny Kelly, this is his fourth year, because Johnny Kelly was coach for, for all those three years under Michael Fennelly. So, um, you know, Johnny, he really needs to hit the ground running because he knows this group of players. He can't really use the fact that it's his, it's his first year involved. That that excuse won't wash with awfully people. Um, you know, in terms of Michael Fennelly and Johnny Kelly, we've had a lot of outside experience now in Offaly over the last number of years. We've only had one Offaly selector currently. Uh, we have Barry Heaton, the club man, and a club, club mate of mine is there this year and he was there last year. And David Kenny was the Offaly selector for two years previous. Um, I've no problem saying it. They're the token Offaly guy. Um, you know, yeah. it, it is disappointing. I don't like to see it in counties. You know, of course, I mean, I, I understand outside management's coming in, but there's a lot of inside experience. We see it in Kerry, we see it in Offaly, Westmead, Dublin, wherever. You know, people know their own their own players um, really well, if, if not better than, than some of the outside management. So I think you need to find that happy medium between them. Um, so finally, certainly had these three years, we didn't go far. Um, you know, the first year we didn't get out of Christy Ring and both any team, both teams that got to the final actually qualified to, to be promoted. We didn't get to the final that year. We got the second year in fairness and we heard really well the second year. We got promoted from Division 2A and uh, we won the Christy Ring and bought them in, in Fatic style. So that was great to see. But obviously in his third year, we got uh, relegated from Division 1 quite easily. And, uh, you know, we had a poor Joe McDonough Cup. So it wasn't a huge surprise to see a change there. As I said, Johnny Kelly now with his fourth year involved really needs to hit the ground running. It won't be... Um, from a general hurling perspective, and awfully, it won't be acceptable unless we see some, some sort of realistic progress. We need to be making that Joe McDonough final uh, at a minimum. Being honest, yeah, like the the sort of difference between the league form and the form coming championship. You know, like we often think down here in Kerry that you know if you're doing well in the league and and if you're in the the highest league as possible, that it's going to transfer to championship. But you had the situation where, with Offaly where he actually did progress in the league and then you had that day in Tralee where you were relegated to the Christie Ring. Um, you know, the, it just showed, I suppose, that there there isn't that much of a, of a link maybe between what happens in the league and the championship at the end of the day. No, I think the league is set up for a failure though for the likes of Offaly, um, Westmead, Kerry, Leash, and from maybe to a lesser extent, they're, they're able to start finding their feet now. You know, there, uh, you see Offaly went up they came straight back down Westmead are going to struggle this year um, they're going to probably ship a, uh, some heavy beatings and they know they're going to be in a relegation battle against either Leash or Antrim you know it's it, it doesn't lend itself to the development of the game 
and that's probably uh, why I kind of get a bit frustrated. Um, and anyone that listens to to um, smaller fish, Willie Willie Parkinson's podcast as well, he'll he'll hear him lamenting the fact that the league um, has no threat of relegation to the bigger teams. You know, and it's yeah. disappointing when when um, when it's raised on League Sunday or on the Sunday game that it's it's not a talking point. Um, that the, the league is generally just a series of practice matches for the bigger teams, um, fine tuning for what is essentially now a league championship as well. So it is disappointing, um, and it's not serving a greater good, um, in my opinion. And it's been completely looked over because it's 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 not seen as a pressing point for the bigger counties. So it's it's it it is disappointing. And as I said, even if even if Offaly went up or Kerry went up next year, did really really struggle in Division One. We are. Obviously, know there's a huge gap, and obviously we have to aspire to try and get up there and and stay up there, which Antrim seem to be doing well at the moment. Still, it makes it very difficult for teams to stay up there, um, especially as you see, Offaly were replaced by Westmead, and they know going into that league that they're going to ship a lot of heavy beatings. So it's it, it's difficult, and you'd you'd like to see it addressed in the long run. I suppose, nonetheless, then uh, carrying Offaly on Saturday the 25th is still quite a big game for both counties and within Division 2A itself. They both come into the game, two wins from two, uh, 21 points to 18 win over Down and uh, for Offaly and similarly to Kerry as well, a comprehensive win uh, over Derry. What have you been able to assess from those two Offaly games so far? Um, job done, I suppose, first and foremost. Wouldn't be overly... Um, happy. I don't think the management team either would be with the with with the performances. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we had to win both games. We see that it is tight enough. You know, we beat down up in uh, Ballycran, tough place to go, um, tough place to get a result. I know down we're down to thirty men. They made it difficult. They defended huge numbers. They kind of gave up the ghost up front and made it difficult. But often kind of um, were comfortable enough, even though they never kind of pulled away. Um, the second game then against Derry, you know, again, very tight in the first half. Um, Offaly probably forced a couple of goal opportunities, but then the second half, um, they'll cut loose. And obviously the introduction of Owen Cal really, really helped from that perspective. You'd be expecting that he'd be starting the next day. Um, on his day, he's a, he's an excellent forward, you know, will, will score at will from play. Obviously a brilliant free taker too. So look, um, we'll certainly need, we'll need him. We'll need, uh, it's great to see the likes of Keelan Kiley back. Hurling, um, Ocean Kelly obviously back from injury, so you know they're they're huge positives from an Offaly perspective. But uh, we're starting to see a little bit of stability as well um, in terms of full back and centre back. You know, Kieran Burke, um, young young guy, full back but good hurler. Um, you know, starting to f- make number three his own, and then they've made a, a, a huge change in putting Jason Sampson back at centre back. But uh, obviously, Jason's the current um, club hurler of the year in Offaly for Shinron's maiden county championship win last year um, but he's um, been predominantly a forward all his career but he's back now at centre back and he's he's holding his own there at the moment Yeah I think Kerry and Offaly are in a very very much the same situation like with Kerry I, I don't think anybody could try and even predict a, a 15 going into the next game and they've, they've made a lot of changes around and uh, like that I suppose both teams just getting the job done in both of their games, you know, not being overly impressive, like in terms of, you know, you, you mentioned Offaly had a couple of goal chances against Down, they haven't rattled the net yet, uh, Kerry got two against Derry, but the last day against Carlow, absolutely toothless in attack, you know, no presence at all, and in a huge game like this, ultimately goals are going to decide it, uh, but from what, what you've seen of Offaly, is there a capability there to grab goals? 
Yeah, again, results would say otherwise because, as you said, we didn't score a goal against Derry or down and didn't threaten a few times the last day, okay, but certainly not the first day. Um, you know, I suppose that's the positioning of Ocean Kelly is probably thrown into, into question mark there. He's been playing wing forward a lot. You know, maybe if he was at the edge of the square, we might have more of a threat inside. Um, it has been an ongoing issue for Offaly over the last number of years. We've scored a lot of points, particularly in the year that we, we won Christy Ring. Like, we scored 40 points in that Christy Ring final against Derry. You know, we never threatened the goal once that day. So, um, you know, it, it, it it's something that uh, Offaly certainly need to address as, as they go into the bigger games. Um, you know, it's... a uh, it's we all know the goals win games. I think it's very difficult to continue to to keep shooting the lights out in terms of points, um, and 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 hope and get results in in these big games. But look, then while, while Saturday week is is a huge game, um, between Offaly and Kerry, it is interesting to see obviously with the with the current setup with you know three teams, you know the top team going into the final, second and third, obviously getting an opportunity. So it's a again it's a, it's a huge talking point in terms of the uh the league structures you know what i mean um you could win all, you could arguably win all your group games and not win the league final and not be promoted so it's a it's i know that's we we know in advance what it is but it's a it, it's a strange situation at the same time yeah <clears throat> and like you said yeah three horse race essentially between Kerry Offaly and Kildare now after the first two and it's it's frustrating from a Kerry point of view that this game is going to be played in Clarny on a saturday afternoon and it's going to be played in front of a very small crowd because, quite simply, obviously, the Kerry Hurling supporter predominantly comes from the north of Kerry and travelling over to Killarney on a, Sunday, on a Saturday afternoon isn't exactly uh, a great time for them to be able to do that. Like, this game should be on a Sunday, either in Tullamore or Tralee. It's it's really frustrating from that point of view. You would actually get a bigger Kerry crowd in Tullamore, I think, on a Sunday than in, in Clarney on the Saturday. Uh, there was possibly going to be more Offaly fans in Clarney uh, next week. Yeah, it, it look again. I don't know the reason for the for the game being on Saturday. Maybe maybe there is a there is a reason for it. But um, yeah, again, strange, strange. The, these games tend to be just put to one side and, and played at earlier times they don't really suit the general fan really being honest but look I suppose another talk, talk point since we are talking about Kerry Hurden, um, it's something that you know again I, I've questioned to see so many um, players that are not from Kerry uh, maybe playing in, in, in wearing a Kerry jersey um, it, it's, it's certainly another huge talking point because we obviously know how I see it in Offaly how proud we are of our Hurling um, area you know we obviously know of the huge proud hurling area that there is in Kerry as well um, I know a couple of years ago there was talks of a player coming in from Galway and as far as I was concerned I'd be totally against it so it'd be interesting to know your thoughts on, on, on that I think um, there's often been oh, uh, players from outside Kerry that have you know played club hurling within Kerry and then made it onto the team and obviously then maybe throughout the Christy Ring years of the 2010s we had uh, maybe the likes of Pat Kelly obviously a Clare man who you know they're, they might have been working in and around Kerry at the moment though we have We've we've players that look they're not playing club hurling with Kerry, nor are they even playing club hurling within their own native county. There, there's a man playing club hurling in Wexford or in uh, Galway, should I say rather? Like Louis D, the goalkeeper, is playing club hurling with Lee Mellows and intercounty hurling with Kerry, which is a strange situation. Um, and yeah, like you said, Niall Mulcahy as well is the other man. Then uh, we had Paddy Ahern last year, who did quite well as well, actually, uh, involved with the team. But Niall Mulcahy of Mungret involved with the team. Um, and look, I'll be honest with you, at the moment, Niall Mulcahy is 
uh, an important part of the team. There, there's, it, you know, from a forward perspective, we are struggling a bit. Uh, I don't really know why that is. Um, because there, when it comes to club championship, I think there's a lot of good forwards on show, but injuries have been a killer. Gavin Dooley is injured at the moment. Uh, the captain, obviously, not sure if he's going to be back for the Offaly game, and Jordan Conway picked up another injury in the Munster Hurling League game against Limerick, and obviously we saw the the impact he had on the Joe McDonough final last year. Um, from the goalkeeping point of view, I think we have a really good goalkeeper in John B. O'Halloran of Kilmoyley who is well capable of playing that position but I think at that stage it's just up to the discretion of the manager and, and whichever one he prefers is going to start. Um, but I think going forward obviously if for the overall development of, of Hurling and Kerry you can't be relying on outside players to, to help advance your team and to get into you know they can't be the change makers they can't be the main men but at the moment they probably aren't you know the main men, the, the 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 difference makers in the team are Kerry men. They are Kerry club hurlers. So I suppose that is the more positive element to it. Oh mo- mo- yeah, most definitely. And 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 you're right in your assessment of that. But I, I suppose if when I look at it from an awfully perspective, I'd find it hugely insulting to think that we wouldn't we would be drawing on players from other counties that have maybe not met it in their counties and then coming down here. I just think it's an insult to to hugely passionate uh, awfully people it's kind of the same thing as what I'm saying at the, at the outset of this show in relation to to the management team yeah. you know we you know I'm from Offaly I believe in Offaly I believe in the Offaly players and if I want to get Offaly up to the next level I want us to do it um, obviously I don't. I have no problem with getting a bit of help but as much Offaly influence as, as possible and obviously I want all Offaly players so um, I can only speak from that perspective and you know it's interesting to hear your view from, from a career perspective I suppose also though the traditions in the two counties are very different you know as as like Kerry have, have never been all, uh, well they've been All-Ireland champions once in, in the 1800s whereas Offaly have won All-Irelands in the last you know three decades and I guess you always hope that those players and the people involved with those teams would bring through the next generation and absolutely like imagine it from a Kerry football point of view if we got somebody down from Dublin from the last uh, from the team in the last 10 years to come down and try and uh, dig us out of a famine of some sort if we were ever in one you know I absolutely and that's pretty much kind of what happened with, with the likes of Michael Fenley I suppose in the last couple of years yeah certainly yeah and look uh, look I, I, um, look, we have a history of outside management yeah, yeah. there's no issue from that from that perspective as I say but like we've always drawn on huge Offaly resources as well you know as I say the Offaly backroom team at the moment we've Johnny Kelly from Galway we have um, Martin Maris hurling coach from Tipperary we have um, Colin Cannon from Galway as the goalkeeping coach we've uh, initiatives from outside the county and said we've only one Offaly guy involved as selector so you know that's 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 all I'm saying from from you know so it's uh, it's very it's very little off the influence. Yeah, and it's 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 also I suppose a symptom of that sort of you know that elite club of seven or eight hurling counties that have like you said we're on about the fact that they've protected themselves now in the league that they, you know they no longer can get relegated from the top tier of the league basically unless they have an absolute shocker. Um, you know, and like we saw Limerick win in All Ireland out of Division One B. Like Limerick played Kerry, uh, the same season in, in Division One B and went on to win the All Ireland. Like so, I don't see, you know, and Galway as well also won the All Ireland out of Division One B if I'm not That's mistaken. Right. So I, I don't see why there was such a, I don't I don't see the panic that was there to 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 change that and to to protect themselves. But like that, they have essentially just turned the league now into a bit of a, a preseason competition for themselves to try and tune themselves up. So, um, look, I think. 
uh, <laughs> I think if, if if hurling is ever to to advance, like I heard I heard Jamie Wall on about basically just ending in ending the the national league structure as we have it now, ripping it all up and and just making this sort of uh, almost. Premier League style yeah. uh, sort of championship where you have you know your 14, 16 teams or whatever and, and everybody kind of plays each other throughout the season which for the likes of us for the likes of Kerry for the likes of Offaly it sounds fantastic actually throwing in a, 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 throwing in your Munster championship and your Leinster championship as almost cup competitions in the middle of it as well straight knockout it was a great idea actually but yeah, I don't think anyone's ever actually going to go for it I don't know if you heard that uh, that discussion he had on the second captain's podcast no I look being honest anyone anyone with hurling brain we've had this same this exact same discussion I, I'm, I'm on as I said Woolies podcast it's the same idea more or less you know with a tweak or two I think um, that certainly is is a much more appealing um, you know use of the maybe the, the 20 odd weeks or whatever it is that we have for the, for the Harlem for the Harlem world um, it would lend itself to a much much better um, product not just for the general public but for the players as well I think um, but yeah we wait and hope I suppose Absolutely yeah look before we go I'll push you for a bit of a prediction for Saturday weekend Clarny who do you think is going to come out on top between Kerry and Offaly Oh tough one um, both teams probably mixed bag so far um, probably even though Offaly got the win last year down in Killarney the fact that it's home advantage might just suit Kerry um, you know we have struggled down there over the last number of years um, but look at, at the same time um, I'd be hoping Offaly can do the business yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it'll be easy we we have to we certainly have to threaten the goal um, we need we need to try and limit the, the effect of, of Maxi in the middle of the field obviously he's he's huge um, the amount of shooting opportunities he's getting is, is, is just massive Um one of the real standout performers at any level at the moment, I have to say. Just hoping um, that he's not injured, actually. He went off with a, a bit of an ankle issue against Carlo on Sunday, so hopefully with the two-week break, he, he'll have that gotten right. Yeah, well, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, look, I think home advantage is a big thing for Kerry, but uh, I'd be hoping hopefully, hopefully we'll certainly give it a right good rattle and um, I'd be hoping we get the two points. Absolutely. Well, Brian Carroll, we'll wait and see and uh, sure we might hear from you again throughout the year uh, when the Joe McDonough comes around. Brian Carroll, thanks a million for joining us on the Kerry Harding Show. Thanks a million. Yeah, an interesting chat there with Brian, you know, uh, discussing, you know, the future of hurling and um, obviously we mentioned an idea there that Jamie Wall had. Uh, he was just on the Second Captain's podcast there during the week and basically the idea was that you would just end the championships and league as we know it you know and rip it up totally and create a sort of uh, 14 to 16 team championship in a league format that's played you know across you play your well you don't play maybe 14 games but you play 7 or 8 anyway if you want to split it into two groups um, and like that interspersed then your your provincial championships in between it's straight knockout almost like the Intersports the FA Cup within the Premier League uh, was kind of the point I was trying to make there and like that that's it's better for the the game of hurling because the argument that the boys were making on Second Captain's podcast when they were discussing this is that for the best game in the country best game in the world some would say we see the best part of it for about three or four weeks a year you know we don't see 
it, it, it can be on whole year round. We can have this the whole year round, and instead we play six weeks of a league. Forty percent of the of the inter county season is taken up by a national league that nobody wants to win and nobody cares about. Um, so just the, make it make sense, you know that sort of way. Um, but look, these things change is very very slow in the GA, and uh, look, we'll just have to make the best of it of what we can and if Kerry do get up into 1B be it this year next year whatever you know they're going to have to just try and dig in and stay up there like the likes of Leash and Antrim are doing at the moment unfortunately though that's to the detriment of Westmead they're probably going to come straight back down and that's just the way it goes you know that's the way it is at the moment and it's difficult for the likes of Kerry Carlo Westmead etc etc awfully or trying to make that step but they're kind of not allowed to by the way competitions are structured like that I have a feeling for as long as this podcast is going to run that discussion is probably going to take place uh, for its entirety um, but yeah big game against Offaly obviously uh, hopefully Brian is wrong in his prediction and Kerry can get the two points and the victory Alright, finally let's hear from Kerry Camogie boss Pat Ryan. Alright, delighted to say I'm joined by the Kerry Camogie manager Pat Ryan on the line. Pat, thanks a million for joining us on the Kerry Hurling Show. No better, Aidan. Uh, Pat, first of all I suppose could you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your journey in coaching so far? Yeah, um, I suppose I'm from a place in Limerick called Knockaney and it'd be hurling mad so that's how I got my love for the game and I suppose started off my own club and then involved with Limerick under 15s and then Kerry Miners 2013 and I suppose my Camogie venture started first with Antrim in 2019 and in Limerick uh, 2020 and I was helping Ballyhay Camogie last year in Cork so now I'm with Kerry so that was kind of the journey really you mentioned there 2013, of course, when you were here in Kerry and uh, uh, Kerry picking up an Ireland minor B title as well that year and you were with Ian Brick as well and the management team, I presume. Was that where the link came from when it came to this job? Yeah, it was, I suppose. Um, and Joe McCarthy as well, I suppose. He was involved back then, so Joe read me one day and I suppose that's how it happened, really. George chairman of the Camogie board, so Joe gave me a call there just around December. And uh, I, I suppose with Ian Brick leaving, you know, it's after such a long time as well, there's always going to be that period uh, where, where I suppose the players have to get used to it because they're, they're not used to seeing a fresh face. But, uh, you know, the work that Ian had, has done and the likes of Pete Young and everything around Camogie and Kerry, uh, you were coming into a very good setup, I imagine. Yeah, like, and um, Pete stayed on board now and Shane McGilligan has been involved as well and Aaron Sheehan. So it's good to have a few that have been involved in the last few years and I bought in a good few of my own backroom team. So it's a fresh approach, I suppose, a bit of rebuilding to do, you know, just trying to get in more players. You know, I think Kerry were always tight numbers, so we're trying to develop a panel of 30 players anyway. So at the moment, it's going well. Um, we only were able to get two matches in now before this first league match. So we're only together since the 20th of January, so you know, over the next three, four months that'll develop hopefully. Yeah, and obviously Clan Morris have been, I suppose, the flagship team for so many years now and they're always successful at the club scene. But now that's backboned by a few more junior teams like Zaclard and, and Causeway have have adult teams out on the pitch and um it, it's starting to grow in the likes of East Kerry as well. So hopefully, you know, year on year, like you said, developing that panel of thirty players is gonna get a bit easier. 
Yeah, you do need a few more clubs, there's no doubt about it. But I see Trelly, Parnells now and Killarney, like they're putting a lot of effort even promoting the game Saturday. And I know Killarney are bringing their underage players to the game. So that's how you develop it. That's how you create a love for the game. So, you know, I think if the senior teams start going well, you know, people will have to stand up and follow. But um, the one thing I do ask, though, is that they get a bit of support, you know, that it'd be nice that if a good crowd turned up in Killarney and given a bit of support, it's the first time I think Camogie's ever been played in Fitzgerald Stadium, so we're delighted to get in there. Absolutely, yeah, this Saturday, of course, against Westmeath. Um, I was in Parky Cueve last year uh, when uh, Kerry took on Cork in the Intermediate Munster Championship final. Uh, it, was, it was on the, uh, before Cork and Limerick in the Munster Championship, and uh, I was actually covering the games uh, for Red FM and like that, doing a few live updates for the Camogie before the before the Cork and Limerick game. And I think Kerry surprised everybody that day, um, probably not themselves, but um, yeah, it was a battling performance. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think that that performance showed the the you know the the possibilities that's there, and and I suppose the ability uh, that's there within within Kerry Camogie that. They almost went and turned Cork over that day. A Cork intermediate team that went all the way to the final. Mm, that's it. Like, and I had a few girls from Ballyhay playing in that match. So they were giving me. I wasn't at the match, but they gave me fair feedback on it. That you know, the Kerry really rattled them that day. But I suppose, look, we have to kind of look now to the future and just drive on. And moral victories are, you know, they're grand. But if we just just can Saturday, I suppose a big game for us. If we could start the season off with a win, the confidence would build. Um, I'm aware we haven't a lot done but I'm not going to use it as an excuse like we still have 15 good players going out and with a few good subs to come on so hopefully no, you know, they'll, they'll give it a good rattle Saturday A big loss going into the season obviously is, is Patrice Dignan who opted for football this year um, she's been such a, a massive player for Kerry Camogie over the past couple of years Well no, she's, she's stayed with Camogie she has um, she stayed with both yeah she's doing both so we're working together on it um, so she's available for Saturday so oh that's brilliant yeah you know to be fair to her it's a massive it's a massive commitment to do both like but I suppose if someone wants to do it you have to support them um, I don't know how they do to be honest because in the men's game it's gone the dual player is gone but in Camogie to be fair it's great credit to them so look Jesus we're delighted to have Patrice is one of the best Camogie players in the country Absolutely, because I was just going to ask you, how do you replace a player like that? Because her scoring and her free taking, it's uh, it's incredible, isn't it? You just can't like you know, unbelievable. Oh, no, she's outstanding. Every she's got every skill of the game. Uh, Saturday first league game versus Westmeath and Clarney. Um, obviously that that comes as a, I I suppose just trying to read up on on the previews. I I just assumed Patrice would have been missing, but obviously that's a massive boost now. And uh, heading into that game, uh, like you said, it's been difficult. I suppose the start of the year to get everything together, but uh, going into the game against Westmeath, how are you shaping up? Yeah, look, we've I suppose three weeks under our belt, like and turnouts of training have been very good. You know, we two internal matches as well, and we the bones of thirty there, and we'd one challenge against Limerick Juniors and one against Clare. So you know, that's about as much as we could do. Like we have to be realistic. You know, we're only together a few weeks, but I think we've done what we can in the few weeks, and I still think there's a good fifteen going out Saturday. So just a matter of now, just trying to get tear into it and get the results. You know. I know from last year the age profile of the squad in the league was really, really young, which I suppose is both a good thing, but also it just limits the the squad numbers, you know. And it was a thin enough squad this year. Is it is it a similar story, or have you managed to maybe compile a bit more of a deeper squad? 
Yeah, like we have. We've got a few transfers in as well. There's a guard from Tournafola, there, Iron Delane, a guard from Tyrone, and um, there's a guard from Connemara, would you believe? Um, they're working and carrying that. So they've joined up with the panel now as well. So that'll strengthen it a bit as well. And it just makes competition for place a bit tougher. So I think, you know, you do need that someone pushing the first 15. So I think that's where we're at at the moment. But the only way we really learn about players is the more games we play, like really for the league. I just want to find my panel after the league. That's what the league's about. Of course, we want to win every game, but it's me really what we're gearing up for. But um, just to find those 30 players that are committed to carry, and we'll just announce that then in April. So I suppose, what is the main aim then for the season ahead? What is the well, me personally, I want to win everything. You know what I mean? Like that's that's it. And I know these guards are ambitious after winning the Munster title with Clem Morris there, you know, and, and that. Um, you know, so look, you just want to do the best you can. Um it's too early days yet to say where we're at because I haven't seen enough of them. I'm just I suppose, but just want to go and win every game and see where it takes us to, to achieve what we can achieve really and be the best we can be. Um that's my aim anyway. You know. Well, Pat, look, the very best to look for Saturday to you, to yourself and the girls, and uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking to you again throughout the year. No worries, then. Maybe I was the, I might have been the only one that didn't know about Patrice Diggin playing both codes, but how brilliant is that? And a massive boost for Kerry Camogie. I really did think that, that she was gone from the Camogie setup, which would have been a massive blow, but she isn't. She's there and somehow is going to manage both codes. And I know there are plenty of uh, Camogie and, and, and football counties that manage to do it. Uh, I know there's a lot in Cork that do it as well so it's fantastic and uh, it's great to see that she's been afforded the opportunity as well you know because like <laughs> with the way this county is you wouldn't have been surprised if if she was told no you can't you can only play the football either or you know so it's fantastic she has the opportunity to play both and a massive boost heading into that opener 2pm Saturday this Saturday 18th of February Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney it's the first time Camogie is going to be played over there and yes I know I've went on a rant earlier in this podcast about uh, about you know is it good or it's not good to be having Kerry Hurling games over in Killarney on a Saturday um, but I think when I look at what's happening at the moment in Camogie I think you know, Cork Camogie were sent to a pitch in Waterford to play Tipperary, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago. So the fact that they're being afforded the chance to play in Fitzgerald Stadium is a positive, at least, as they're going to play on the best surfaces. And like that, um, with, with Camogie growing around the county, maybe it's easier to, you know, you bring in the, the Clarny Club that are there and hopefully maybe you know, a game at halftime or something between the underage teams. and uh, But like that, I suppose they're starting with more of a blank slate from that point of view. So uh, hopefully they start off with a victory in Killarney. And uh, yes, I know from the rant or from the ramble I've just gone on there, people are probably saying I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. But um, look, I'm sure you may or may not understand where I'm com- coming from, uh, from that point of view. All right that's it for this month's episode Uh, thanks for listening please like share subscribe all of that good stuff Uh, the Kerry Hurling show on on most things on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook subscribe on all major podcast platforms Uh, this has been episode 4 of the Kerry Hurling show (laughs) 